the Rangers are putting Jacob DeGrom on the 60-day IL from the 15-day IL. It's going to be pushing him back a little bit. And the Rangers are bringing up Spencer Howard. What does it mean for this team, and how are they doing so far? All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers and follow my guest, Grant Schiller, at OG Schill. Subscribe on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly anything below. We're recording this right after the news of Jacob DeGrom being placed, transferred from the 15-day IL to the 60-day IL with right elbow inflammation and joining me is grant schiller the prospect guru writer at baseball perspectives how are you doing today buddy i'm doing good you know um we get lebron and we lose to grom uh you, you win some you lose some it is it is a heck of a day for uh, Dallas Sports Talk Radio and uh, you know podcast as well. Before we get into today's right. show, th- this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app and create an account and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Sorry, I I should have run that up before, <laughs> before I brought you in, but um, you know I figured we no, had to talk about the most important news of the day. Well, of course, but let me correct you. LeBron being recruited by Kyrie is a good month for sports talk radio. Mm-hmm. I mean, they will be talking about this four or five weeks from now, from now. Well, that's, that's maybe when we will end up seeing Jacob Grom back on the Hill. He is transferred to the 60 day IL. Like I said, June 28th is the first that he'll be eligible to be activated. And in case you're keeping track at home, remember, you might be thinking, well, don't the Rangers have a, a series against the Astros coming up later this month? They do. Jacob, the Jacob would come back uh, the 28th and the series against the Astros starts the 30th that now I'm not saying that he is immediately going to come back on the 28th or what this means, but um, I'm just general, general curious of, I have a general curiousness of how curiosity, Jesus words are hard um, <laughs> of how worried you are about this. I feel like you can either like, there's just one of two extremes that that Rangers fans I think are feeling right now. And I want to know which end of the freak out spectrum you're on. No, I'm, I'm not really worried at all. Uh, I mean, first of all, the team's 38 and 20. Um, and the pitching staff's doing just fine. Second, when you signed him, you knew this was the case. All his injuries with the Mets just had weird recoveries and timetables, and it was very like mercurial. Like you didn't know what was going to happen or when he was going to come back. It was always weird like this. It always took longer than expected like this. Um, if the plan is to rehab him, that's probably about when he was going to come back anyways. Uh, I think the only thing that's given me pause is that Evan said that they're going to do an MRI again, but that might just be out of out of precautionary. I don't know. But my attitude is mostly, if he's an awkward, I'm fine. Uh, he's going to be hurt a lot. That's just how he is. Um, if he's healthy, healthy for October, we're fine, and we're a long ways from October. We are definitely a long ways from October. And, um, you know, you bring up that point about how long it would take for him to, you know, 
go through the rehab process. I mean, he wasn't even facing life hitters yet. I was just kind of confused because he'd been throwing so many bullpens. So I, I will give my official update. Uh, we are at DEFCRAM 3 right now uh, on the DEFCRAM preparedness scale com- compared to the DEFCON uh, emergency readiness uh, nuclear reaction um, scale. For those who don't know, uh, Def- DEFCRAM 3, we're, we're right in the middle of the road. Uh, it's called Roundhouse, uh, Increased Enforced Readiness Above Normal levels so that's that's about where we are on at least for me personally and and my ranking of the defcrom uh scale we we could have gone all the way up to to def defcrom 2 fast pace next step to nuclear war has been taken um i don't think we're quite there yet i mean it it takes a pretty steep jump to go up to defcrom uh two and then defcrom one uh that basically means nuclear war is either imminent or has already started so um it would take a lot to go up there too so have I just never understood how DEFCON rank ratings work? Like lower is more serious. Lower is less. The higher, the, or yeah, the lower, the lower the number, the more serious it is. So mm, okay, uh, okay. Def, Defcom five uh, fade out lowest state of readiness. So okay, it's I'll a go confusing DEFCRAM system. Uh, you'll go, you'll it go. Wow. Defcom four. Uh, for those who don't know the uh, words next to it, double take increase in surveillance and security measures to enhance protection and vigilance. So. Is, yeah, that, is that where you're feeling? Okay. Yeah. That's solid. That's solid. And again, this is, was always the case. And I am so sick of Mets fans coming into my mentions or my YouTube comments. Like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. Oh, this is going to, oh, this is the thing that happened in New York. We all know you're not providing any new information. This is not some revolutionary detail. You and a hundred other guys with Mets avies on Twitter are yelling this into my mentions. See, see, we're doing just fine. Well, it's not like the, the big signings that the Mets have, have signed have really done all that well either. I mean, Justin Verlander hasn't pitched all that much. I mean, he's still pitching now and he's also getting lit up and, uh, uh, you know, the other old man, uh, Max Scherzer, is also getting lit up and hit missed time, and including a, a couple weeks with that weird sticky stuff suspension. And neither of them have been particularly super effective. They've had their good outings, but like they've been inconsistent as well. So it's not like, wow, we really showed them and, and got someone that's better than DeGrom. It's like, yeah, they've combined for more innings and maybe more war. I don't know that they even have, but still, it's like it's. It's fine. And it feels so weird and cocky to say that, but the Rangers have maybe the best pitcher in the entire American league in Nathan Eovaldi. He uh, last time I checked, he was leading in innings, 80.1 innings pitched a 224 ERA and John Gray, 11 starts, a 251 ERA in 64 and two thirds innings. And Oh, the guy who wasn't good enough to make your starting day opening day rotation, Dane Dunning, 13 games, five starts, 206 ERA in 48 innings pitched. Like it's just, it's just insane what the starting pitching staff has done. And I knew it was going to be significantly better, but like to this level, and even with Martin Perez's regression, and you're probably listening to this after maybe he had a really great game against the Cardinals, or maybe he got lit up and continued that trim. But like, I just, I don't even know what to say, man. Yeah. I mean, and for the record, I looked it up while you were talking. Uh, The Grom does have more war than Scherzer and Verlander combined uh, in his (laughs) what? 30.1 innings. Uh, that's yep. not to mention what the Grom's done coming in after him. But the thing is, I mean, they just went inside a lot of really good pitchers. So, but beyond that, to, for this team to be 38 and 20, like everything is like 30% better than expected, right? Evaldi was a good signing. I was all on board with that. He's way better than expected. Uh, Gray really got lucky through the first part of the season where he wasn't throwing well. Uh, now he is throwing well, and it, I mean, doesn't seem like there's an end in sight there. 
Heaney isn't the Dod- Dodgers him, but he's certainly not pre-Dodgers him. And Perez, I mean, I don't know about you. I really thought he was going to regress to back of the rotation guy. And he's a fine back of the rotation innings eater still. And they needed that. And then Dane Dunning has a two-something ERA, which two oh six two oh six. Yeah, like I, mean, I think the expected ERA is like around like three point eight or like four and a half or something like that. So like, which is still better than expected. Uh huh. Yep. It, it's just like I mean, wow. And I mean, the Rangers have also gotten a lot of help from some young guns, including Josh Young. And you know, the starting pitching staff has done well, and there is a young starting pitcher who is starting to turn around. Who Grant has gotten some of his. Uh, expert scouting eyes on that we will get into in just a second in Jack Leiter. But first, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Forget the months of planning in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, ba- basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy theater, and more. You can get yourself tickets to a Nathan E. of all these start, a uh, you know Martin Perez start, or uh, maybe not this homestand if you're listening to this. You, you probably missed your window on that. Um, but the Game Time Guarantee, it doesn't matter if you're getting a Martin Perez start or a John Gray start. You always get the best prices. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% the difference. Get images of your seats before you buy so you know exactly what you're getting and what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're all set. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for 20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed now shout out to the everydayers for making lockdown rangers your first listen every single day on tomorrow's show i'll be talking about my first all-star ballot the rangers take on the cardinals this week and catch every pitch with the hometown broadcast on sirius xm just download the sxm app and search rangers and we we're talking about some rangers pitchers who were doing very very well and uh, you are the prospect encyclopedia as i have called you many times before and you have seen one prospect who is doing quite well actually a couple who have been doing quite well um, in terms of Jack Leiter, who was just the story of the month for the Rangers minor league system in the month of May. Is that, am I correct in, in my declarative statement there? Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, there are other guys who took jumps, but he is the biggest name of them. Uh, he, so I got, I got to look at his last start of May, right? Earlier in the month, he was just mowing everybody down. He looked uh, at least results wise back to himself, right? Uh, the start before me, he had walked seven. So that clearly played into the start that I saw. But really, it was it was hardening because, frankly, it was the first time since he's been drafted that he's shown progress. Uh, and that, talking about the month of May there. Uh, I saw him early on in April, and I think I talked to you about it and said he kind of looked like a window reliever, uh, which is <laughs> – not what you wanted from him, but not not what you want from a number two overall pick, right? But that's what it was looking like because he wasn't able to land the curveball. Still, the fastball still didn't have life, and he still was yanking everything. Uh, so, end of May comes, he looks like a much different guy. The I mean, the the main three changes are a fastball command was much better. He still had the every now and again yanked the glove side, but he was going through his motion much more methodically. Uh, Pretty much once the glove gets past his face, he's going a little bit slower and taking his time with it before exploding down the mound. That mechanical adjustment seems to have helped with his command. Uh, badly needed. The curveball is definitely not what it was in his Vandy days, but earlier in the season it looked like a get-me-over pitch. Now it was at least average. Uh, like It's a big league quality pitch again. 
hopefully the trend continues upwards there. And the shorter was the slider was a little bit shorter but sharper. Um, so that's still an above average pitch. So I mean, with that, if he's commanding like he was for most of May, you've got a fastball that still plays well up in the zone, a big league cal- caliber qu- curveball, and a legitimately pretty good slider, um, and that gets you back into starter territory. Uh, so a month is not enough for progress to be locked in as as the new lighter. And there's still a long ways to go because the command still is a work in progress. Kind of always has been with this profile, uh, mm-hmm. even going back to high school and college. And I'd like to see the curveball get at least closer to back where it was when it was a true hammer. But he is looking better. And like I said, it's really the first time that you've seen progress with him since he was drafted. So yeah. it's just good to see that. It's it's gives you hope again. Yeah, and I think for me, I mean, I'm obviously really, you know, encouraged by by this run in May. And obviously he's not completely fixed or whatever, but it was just su- it felt like such a brutal first year. It's just like yeah. he'd maybe have like one good start and then like five bad ones, and then it's just like, oh my gosh, the same thing every time. And I think just the mental like you know, toll that can like take on you, like the the, the weight that's I think is lifted by having that nice prolonged stretch. And even after the the one bad outing, he did have a bad outing in May when he walked seven. It was like, oh god, are we back to the old thing? Boom, just comes right back out and and just looks like what he had been doing in the early early month. And I think that's really really might be the most encouraging part is that he bounced back immediately from that one rough outing. Right. And it was interesting. The game I saw, he clearly was kind of pissed off at himself for that one. The first three innings he threw, like, 95% fastballs. It was almost completely fastballs. He just wanted to work on fastball command. Uh, and what was impressive about it is the uh, the San Antonio team who's visiting, terrible lineup, but regardless, they knew that's what was coming, and they still really didn't get to it. Uh, one guy turned around for a home run, but other than that, it was some whiffs, uh, getting under the ball, fouling it back, getting under the ball, popping it up. When he kept it up in the zone, they still really couldn't get to it. Uh, the homer came when he missed missed down. So it it plays well up there. If he's commanding up there, uh, keeping it horizontally where he wants it, it's it's gonna play well. Yeah, and I'm 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 still a big believer in lighter. I think neither of us were you know too far off the bandwagon. I think the most concern we were was after April, and I was like, oh no, it's still the same thing. But now it's like, all right. Are right, you starting to you know right the ship and and calm down a little bit? And another guy who um, had had people a little worried last year and had uh, your your colleagues at Baseball's Perspectives drop him down quite a bit um, in their top 100 prospects is a guy who might just have already run away with the American League Rookie of the Year award, and that is Josh Young. I know you and I have both been really high on this guy, and um, what have you seen from him so far at the big league level that's like making you think, oh? Oh, yeah. Uh, people were kind of overthinking when they were concerned about, what, 30, 25 bad games uh-huh. at a big league debut while he was probably still a little hurt? Well, frankly, like everything else, he's like 30% better than expected. He's been... Wow, you hater. This is exactly who I expected him to be. <laughs> I mean, he's been slightly above average defensively, which I never expected. Uh, if he had just maintained a an average defender at third, I would have been thrilled with that. The The arm is, I mean, for the position, it's not great, but it's better than it looked at any time at Frisco. Um, he's getting it there when he needs to. The bat, he's 
You know, I was actually a little bit worried about a, an upcoming slump at one point when he was really chasing and expanding out of the zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really was the the walk out walk and strikeout numbers were just really far apart. Um, and he was, I mean, getting good Babbitt luck, but also just hitting the ball really hard when he hit it. Mm-hmm. Lately, the last couple of weeks or so, he's still cranking the ball, but he's holding on to the zone better. So for this level of production to stick, he has to keep doing that. Um, and if that's really an adjustment he's made that's going to stay with him, it doesn't seem like it's something that's going to go away. Uh, so I think that's the key to, to maintain at this point. But skill-wise, I mean, he's just hitting the heck out of the ball. Uh, he's still pulling the ball, but he's he's willing to go to all fields. It, it's just really strong. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I mean, he definitely doesn't still still doesn't have great like strikeout and, and walk rate. And his walk rate is a twenty seven percentile baseball K rate in the nineteenth percentile. Um, the chase rate is coming up um, at thirty fourth percentile now. The outs above average being in the top half of baseball. That that's awesome. Like I. That's one of the things that I loved about Young is just like he's it's such a cliche and I've said it probably a million times in this podcast. He's just like such an incredibly hard like worker and like literally obsessed with baseball that like he's gonna work his freaking tail off for every second, just obsessing over every single way to get better. One of the things that's really impressed me, especially during that hit streak, that 14 game hit streak that uh, ended up, you know, being done on Friday, and he actually went hitless in the game where the Rangers scored 16 runs, which is just hilarious. Um, but he's been so good with two strikes. It feels like his bad are kind of similar to Corey Seager in that way and they're both pretty aggressive early on in the count but then once they get down to two strikes which is something that Evan Grant wrote about this entire team being really great at hitting with two strikes like just phenomenal and incredibly difficult to put out um but it feels like he's done a much better job of battling pitches off um once he gets behind in those counts like there is uh, in one of the big innings against Seattle I think it was on Saturday no that was on Sunday um where he was down 0-2 and then ended up working a walk like that, those kind of at bats from a rookie. I know he is 25, and he probably, if he wasn't hurt, would have been in the big leagues two years ago as an everyday regular. But still, from a young guy, and Bruce Bochy saying that he had the confidence in him from like day one, I, I think that really just speaks wonders to Bruce Bochy and also to what Josh Young is doing. It's like he's proven their confidence 100% well founded. Mm-hmm. And Bochy's really handled a lot of these guys well. Uh, it seems like the preparation and the messaging he gives out uh, has given a lot of confidence to a lot of guys. And what are, whatever the hitting coaches are doing, what is it? Hires and Ecker. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, again, like the pitching staff, Mike Maddox is very well established. But these guys, between Young, Garcia's improvements with his discipline, uh, Duran breaking out. I kind of thought he'd stick this year, but breaking out more than even I expected. Tavares is hitting 300. Um, Jonah Heim, too. Everybody's just 30% better than expected, like across the board. It's just, uh, this doesn't happen for the Rangers, right? Like, this happens for other smarter teams. Uh, (laughs) It's just really weird to see a Dallas team, and particularly the Rangers, get this kind of thing happen for them. Yeah, I mean they're they're getting a lot of a lot of help, especially from from Bochy, you know, giving people confidence. But you know, you know what else gives people confidence and the the tools to handle is is therapy. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. You know, if you're thinking about starting BetterHelp, you should you are starting therapy. You should really give BetterHelp a try. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you. Take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all that time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched 
than or burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Therapy uh, through BetterHelp is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnMLB. Now, shout out to the everyday for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day on Thursday's show. Hopefully, I'll be doing a, a little bit of a, a recap of a, a another winning series, maybe against this Cardinals team. Either way, we're going to talk about what we learned on that. And you can catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast against the Cardinals on Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, you and I were talking about this a little bit before we hit the record button of, you know, is this the best case or worst case scenario? And like you said, everyone's like kind of 30% better than league average. But again, they the Rangers, have, it's not like they haven't had setbacks. I mean, they've they've had Martin Perez, who was an all-star last year, regress pr- pretty mightily. I mean, they've had, um, you know, Mitch Garver miss like six weeks. They had Corey Seager missing five weeks. We now have Jacob DeGrom on the 60-day IL, and he hasn't pitched since April 28th. And we even had like a really, honestly, kind of brutal month for Jonah Heim, who now seems to be looking like he's coming out of it now that he's cut his hair. I don't know if that's the cause necessarily, but I'm not not saying that. So in terms of like a percentile outcome of like, is this the best, like what, like on that range, would you say this first 30, 58 games is? Yeah, 58 games has been. I mean... They're 38 and 20, and their Pythagorean record is 43 and 15. Like, they have the best Pythagorean record in baseball. Like, we can sit here and pick and choose. The way they've played with how well they've played, they should have more than a three and a half game lead. Part of that is the bullpen has imploded in close games. Part of that is you did lose DeGrom and Seeger, but even when Seeger was out, Duran killed it. When DeGrom's been out, Dunning's been killing it. Like, I don't know. I, I I think it's as close to 100 percentile as you can uh, as you can really get without them. It, maybe if you want to knock it down, it's because they're five games under their Pythagorean record. Uh, but I'm not really going to have much in the way of complaints here. Yeah, I, I I still say like 90th percentile because of that. You know, not outperforming the bullpen, but the bullpen did just get some help in Spencer Howard. I'm curious how yeah. How excited are you about him? His debut. It seems like the couple of outings he's had. What two or three outings in Round Rock? Um, yeah, he's had two. Uh, okay. Cutter's been really good. He's thrown what, three and two thirds innings, one walk, seven strikeouts, no hits. One uh, walk, and you say no hits? No hits. I was looking which, at it. Which so, means which means no home runs. Which um, that does that... mean no home runs. <laughs> uh, Not something we could say the last couple of years. I was looking at it. He has had uh, what is that? Fifteen. 17, 19, uh, 34 swings against him in his, his three and two thirds outing or innings in round rock of those 34, uh, 16 were swing strikes, 11 were foul balls and four were put in play for outs. So he was just overmatching guys there. The fastball in the last outing was 95 to 98 and the cutter was, was really working and dipping below some bats. Um, so relief, relief pitching is going to be his role moving forward in his career. Yeah. Uh, But you see a lot of those top prospects fall out of starting and come back as really good relievers. I have a lot of hope that he's going to be more of a back-end guy 
And I, honestly, I have a lot of hope that the bullpen is going to be solved from within. Um, you think about Glenn Otto as well? Uh, Glenn Otto's a reliever for me. He's been a reliever for both of us, mm-hmm. um, really, since they got him. Uh, you take Smith, Howard, Otto, Burke, Anderson. That probably gives you – or in the clerk. That gives you six legitimate big league relievers. Um, uh, well, Cole Reagan's, it's, Cole Reagan's his last couple outings has looked honestly – was just he's nasty. really good. He almost touched 99 his last he outing. 98.7 um, America's is the radio right. station. Um, yeah. Which is a bummer that Hernandez hasn't quite gotten it back on track. They've given him the outings in less than zero leverage situations and they end up optioning him down. I'm glad that he still has options left that they can do that. But um, I kind of expected him to write the ship the most of, of like all of those guys that were going wrong. And I'm kind of surprised. I mean, I, did trust maybe maybe I did trust Burke to figure out more and but I don't know but Hernandez having like really bad walk issues that's that's concerning it's not even so much that for me um I mean yes the walk issues are, are very concerning for sure and he has to get that under control you I mean you just cannot be a good reliever in this era and and walk the world unless you're just getting everybody to swing and miss at your stuff right like you have to be dependable, you have to be consistent, and you have to... Which is why Jose Leclerc has, has, has some concerns, and you cannot put him in there in a non-clean inning. No, you can't. Um, but what really concerns me, like Leclerc, his slider, cut change, whatever you want to call it, still absolutely plays. What concerns me with Hernandez is the stuff has not played... Um, to the level that it is, its reputation is. Like his sinker has a 54% hard hit rate against it this year. He's only getting 16% whiffs. Uh, back in 2020, when he was really playing well, those numbers were better. Um, 2019, when we have data, those numbers were better. Since he's come back off the uh, Tommy John, he's not getting swings and misses off it, even though it's 98-99, and it's getting cranked. The slider's a better pitch, but those 2019 through 2022 whiff rates of 48, 48, 44 to 37 right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he, it just, his stuff is not playing well. So mm-hmm. I wanted him to go down to AAA for a while because I think to fix him, like, yes, you have to figure out the zone. And yes, you have to figure out, he seems like a mess mentally right now. But you probably have to reshape some of these pitches. Like you probably have to get in the lab and, and work on how he's releasing them and how he's shaping them, because they're just not what they were. And hitters are getting to them. It's wild that I trust Josh Spores like significantly more in high level yeah. situations than Jonathan Hernandez. And I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of back in on Spores. I was like I was real iffy at the beginning of the season because it's like it, it's been the whole will they won't they like is he is he actually a, a good reliever or not? And the expected numbers are looking way way better. And I think that, you know, adding a guy like Spencer Howard, adding, keep it like every one guy they add that you can kind of trust in higher leverage situations makes this less and less of an issue. And their bullpens are always finicky. Like they are just always, you can't trust them. Even Will Smith, who's had his hundredth career save this year. I don't know how sold anybody is on him being like continued this good. He still does have a 315 ERA. Not that bullpen ERA is, is everything, but like, I don't know. And this brings me back to, you know, I have best case and worst case on there. I'm curious, what do you think, like, what could go wrong for this rank? Because, like, 
we talked about this being kind of legitimate, even they are like all 30% better than expected. Like what goes off the rails? What is possible for this team to like go off the rails that would send them into like a spiral where they you know finish barely making the playoff or 500. Cause it, it just doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of realistic scenarios where that happens. Yeah. I mean, there's things that where that happens, but really it's, you know, DeGrom doesn't really come back. Evaldi gets hurt. Bradford's not ready. Um, Dunning regresses. Um, and Young and Duran get picked on for, for expanding the zone while Laoti turns into a pumpkin. Like, all that pretty much has to happen. Uh, maybe Heim goes to second second half Heim and wears down. Um, there's a lot of things that have to go wrong at this point. And really, we're far enough into the season where a lot of this is real. Um, so, I... Uh, like, this team was just legitimately very good. I... I, I'm still not sold that a three and a half game lead with a hundred games left is going to be enough with just how good the Astros are. But I think that says more about the Astros and the Rangers. Well, yeah, I think it does. And it's really frustrating that like all this has gone right for the Rangers and all those things have gone I wrong know. for the Astros. And it's like, they're still right there. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, what and it's just Astros do? BS. Cause really, I mean, if you go by Pythagorean, um, the Rangers should have a seven and a half game lead right now. Yeah, they should. Like, it, it's just a shame. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to take over real quick. Can we talk about Spores real quick? Because this dude's number. We can. We can. We're gonna th- we're gonna get to him real quick, and then okay. then close out with a random ranger. But what okay. what is your take on Spores? Because I'm I'm like, if if he just like stops missing his spots, o two by a lot right. in the zone, then I think he's legitimately like maybe even the closer for this team. Right. He's filthy right now. He's always had the stuff. If he continues to throw strikes at an acceptable rate, he's a back of the bullpen guy. Um, he's That's got a 99 huge. percentile whiff, whiff percentage right now. He's he's missing. He's doing what, best case, he's missing both bats and barrels when they do make contact. Um, 33% K rate, and he's cut his walks down just that little bit he needed to um, without getting smacked by leaving everything down the middle too except for 02 counts like yeah he is finally looking like who he's always had the stuff to be um so i I think he's gonna be a dude the rest of the way it's gonna be one of those it's it's gonna look like another one of those moves of like the adolis garcia who is gonna be facing his old team this week um shout out to the cardinals for giving him up and uh jonah heim and nathaniel Lowe of all just like wow they really just got those guys for that price and especially to get him from the dodgers it's like oh okay the rangers might actually be one of those smart teams that actually gets ones over on guys if this stuff keeps up. But this has um, been a lot of fun. We're ending this as we always do with our random rangers. If you've not ca- caught a Grant show before, we will pick just the most obscure ranger that we can find. It has to have been on the major league roster for a day. Does not have to have played a game because Grant pulled one of those over on me earlier in this game. Um, but if you if you have yours, I'll, I'll let you go first. Okay. So mine I actually saw play in person. Uh, down Nuevo, Nuevo Laredo the night before my wedding. Um, oh, wow. He plays for the uh, Tecolotes de los Dos Laredos. Uh-huh. Um, yes. That means the Owls. And what's cool about them is they actually – it's a border town. So every series they have three home games. They'll play two in Nuevo Laredo, the Mexico side, and they'll play one on the U.S. side in Laredo. Hmm. Uh, so it's cool. 
I've been to uh, to both stadiums. It's a lot of fun. Anyways, uh, catcher, uh, he debuted with the Rangers in 2014. Uh, he came up through the system. Rangers were his first team. He ended up playing, gosh, 24 games for the Rangers, 83 plate appearances. Uh, 241. 2014, a 2014 Ranger catcher? Uh, Gosh. <laughs> there's about 10 to choose from. Um, yeah. And his 241, 268, 266 slash line fit in well with that team. Um, he would later go on to spend a few seasons with Miami. Uh, and then now he obviously is uh, with the Mexican League. He was, however, very impactful as he, along with Cody E.G., another random Ranger, uh, we're uh, traded for Sam oh, Dyson. Oh, Ooh. Tomas Talese. Tomas Talese. Oh, my gosh. What a pull. That's a great pull. Okay. Mine is, um, he wasn't as impactful, but he, he does feel similarly as random. He came up in the big leagues, his first debut, uh, 10 games. He's a pitcher. In 2009, he was 25 years old, pitched one game in 2010, and that's where I pulled it from was the 2010. In that one game, he threw two-thirds of an inning, had a 27 ERA. And the 14 innings in his first year, 321 ERA, a bullpen guy. Um, he is 39 years old from Marque, Venezuela. And, um, of course, I am talking about the great Guillermo Moscoso. Moscoso. Ah, mm -hmm. okay, okay, okay. Who could forget Guillermo Moscoso? No one could forget Guillermo, Guillermo Moscoso. <laughs> and clearly I can pronounce it very well as well. Um, but Grant, he, uh, didn't he have some time with the Pirates afterwards? I think so, but I just closed out his baseball reference page. So okay. the world, world will literally never know. It is impossible <laughs> to find out. <laughs> but Grant, it has been a pleasure as always, even despite this unflattering circumstances, Everything will be okay. We're only at DEFCROM 3, which I feel like is just going to be our, our standard rate for... We're going to try to keep it there. Um, try, we're, we'll weather the the waves and um, the peaks and valleys of degromedness. And, you know, we will be at the lowest level of DEFCROM preparedness when he is pitching for the Rangers in the World Series for their first ever World Series um, this, this year, next year, and for the next five years of his contract. But Grant, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.